I'm so glad I recognized that moment to go do the audition because I almost blew it off and and stayed in my little box of safety. Balancing Point Podcast, this is episode 70. Welcome to Balancing Point Podcast, where you will experience the captivating world of professional ballet. On this show, you will hear what it takes to make it in the exclusive world. Each guest will share with you their struggles, their I've made it moments, and their advice for success. And ultimately, you will learn what it is really like to live your dream. Join your host, Kimberly Falker, and today's inspiring guest as they take you on a behind-the-scenes journey into ballet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Balancing Point Podcast. Now, if you're a regular listener, then I am sure that by now you're aware that I have been on a bit of a podcast hiatus. And this is due entirely to the fact that my family, quite last minute in late summer, in August, decided to make a huge move from Minnesota to Florida. It's been a a huge adjustment and it's taken quite a toll on my time to get everything organized with new schedules, new schools, new everything. And because of that, quite frankly, the process of creating, editing, and producing the podcast just was too much for the last few months. So I apologize for my absence But I'm so excited to be back, and I'm super excited for the lineup of fabulous guests I have coming up. And so today, to kick it off, I'm just so excited to share with you Megan Fairchild. Now, if you've been listening, you'll recognize her. She has been on my show twice already, once on her own and once with her husband for my Valentine's Day uh, special, The Newlywed Game. If you haven't listened to that one, you should go back. It's really quite a fun one. But today, Megan is coming to us from an entirely different stage. Now, as you may or may not know, she recently embarked on a journey in dance that is way outside her typical day-to-day comfort zone. Megan has temporarily traded the illustrious stage at David Cook Theater, where she dances as a principal ballerina with a New York City ballet and has moved down the street, specifically 42nd Street, and is not only dancing, but singing and acting as a lead in one of this season's hottest Broadway shows, which is the revival of Jerome Robbins on the town. And I've just been so looking forward to sharing this interview with you. And like me, I'm sure that many of you are, are very in- intrigued and fascinated by the world of Broadway, kind of trying to understand what it takes to get there and what it's like to be there. So today, not only are you going to have an exclusive behind-the-scenes look into the audition process, but you'll also hear about the rehearsal process and everything that goes into opening a brand new show on Broadway. So let's just jump right into my interview with Megan. So obviously, the reason that I wanted to re-interview you is because of all the exciting new changes in your life right now. And yeah, I'm just so excited to kind of hear what it's like <laughs> from a whole different perspective. Yeah. And uh, I know that so many people that in the media and my listeners are curious about what the world of Broadway is like too. It's such kind of its own elusive experience. So we'll just dive right in and briefly tell kind of how it came to be that you got to be a part of this show. And just for the listeners that don't know, tell a little bit about the show and then let's just go from there. Um, So the show I'm a part of is called On the Town and it's a revival from, um, it was originally in the 40s, uh, Jerome Robbins uh, choreographed and a bunch of other like kind of uh, precocious talents, you know, the writers and the director and the choreographer were all in their late 20s when they made On the Town. And it was based off of Fancy Free, which is a drum robins ballet that we do at New York City Ballet. And so it kind of is close to home in the sense. And just to break in, Jerome Robbins, the history with him is he was the second part Balanchine. Yeah, he was kind of like the number two choreographer of New York City Ballet after Balanchine. 
And, and all of the ballets that we do at New York City Ballet, it's, you know, first it's Balanchine, then it's Robbins, and then it's Peter Martins. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the history that we're trying to maintain and the, the legacy. He's definitely a big part of our company. And then Robbins kind of at the same time of doing the classical ballet world, he also kind of broke away and did Broadway as well. He did. and Or was involved in theater? Was involved in a lot of musical theater. He is such, such a variety of, of works that we even do in our company. Like, he does comedy, like in, oh, now the, the name is, I've been away from the ballet for five minutes and I can't remember. Oh, the concert. <laughs> you know, in the concert, it's all about, um, it's, it's a comedy. It's, it's for the audience to laugh. And then then I'll do something like Dances of the Gathering, which is incredibly serious and heartfelt and emotional and takes you through all these journeys of of different emotions, but in a very serious way. And then he'll do something like West Side Story where there's singing in it. Now, was that his? Yeah, West Side Story, oh, from Robbins know that. and Fancy wow. Free and um, The Cage, which is like um, kind of Wendy Whalen was very iconic in the role. She's like a bug mm-hmm. that like kills her mate. And it's very dark and creature-like. And it's just, I mean, I don't know if anyone has uh, such a wide variety of kind of styles. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah, that, he's West Side Story. So then you had heard that he, there was going to be a revival of it? Or kind of how did you know about it? No. I mean, um, like actually my sister-in-law, Tyler Peck, was doing the... The, they call it the dance lab, which is when you're putting together a Broadway show before they actually pay people to come into a studio and do the rehearsals. They get kind of like volunteers to come in on their own time and work out what the choreography might be so they don't waste any money or time. And she did that like a year ago. And um, was she was going to to be in it, or at least for a little bit. She always had her other musical with Susan Stroman kind of in the works, Tiny Dancer, or Little Dancer, I can't ever remember. Um, and uh, the way that when they got, um, when On the Town um, got its Broadway theater, it w- conflicted with her schedule. And so all of a sudden the part opened so up. So she was thinking at one point of maybe being able to do it. For just like a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. You know, just to open the show because she had other things going on as well as New York City Ballet, which we're all busy with as well. Um, And then this part opened up, and a lot of dancers from our company auditioned, and I heard about it, and I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting, and never once even thought, like, never once even thought of myself being a part of that process and even auditioning or anything. And then towards the end of their auditioning, um, it was, like I guess, a couple of weeks, right at the end, they texted my brother, would your sister be interested in auditioning? And he sent me this whole text from the casting director. A ca- he's like, Megan, a casting director for a Broadway show, you know? And I, like, <laughs> I'm like sitting in my dressing room at, the, at uh, the David H. Cook Theater being like, oh my gosh, that's so flattering. And I, I just like kind of, <laughs> I was just was purely flattered and that was it for like 24 hours. And, and then the next morning I woke up and I was like, wait, this is the opportunity of a lifetime, even just to audition. And right. so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to contact them. And I wrote them, I'm, I'm interested, but I don't sing. And they go, Oh, no worries. It's not principal singing. It's, it's a, the only time you do sing is when you're learning how to sing. It doesn't really matter how you sing. And I was like, okay. Perfect. So in like two days I put, put it together, got a little like forties outfit and, um, worked with Robbie's acting coach that he was working with for American in Paris. And, um, sing for a friend that's been a star on Broadway before. I, I went to her apartment the morning of the audition and she was very like, she's like, okay, Megan, it's not horrible. <laughs> and so, so it kind of gave me some confidence and I was shaking that whole weekend and I was shaking in the audition. They couldn't tell. So what do you do for the audition? Is it in front of a bunch of people? Are you on the stage or what's the No, process? they rent out a studio. Okay. Uh, um, downtown and um, the I'm sitting out on a bench outside and everybody was so nice. The director came up and introduced myself and he was so friendly and sat on the bench with me and talked. And then the producer came and introduced himself to me. Wow. And this is even before I walked in the room. But um, so when I finally walk in the room, it's the choreographer, the music director, the producer and his wife and their son. <laughs> he was in there oh watching gosh. and the director and the lead guy in the, in the show. 
that wow. had already been a part of this process for the last six years. And, you know, here it is. It's like coming down to the last couple months before the show opens and they're still searching for his girl. And um, and then I think that was it. That's plenty of people. Well, yeah. <laughs> and um, my friend and my acting coach had kind of taught me how, okay, so because I haven't ever done an audition so they're like, okay, you'll put your bag down on the side, and then you'll go up and you'll shake all their hands. They'll all be sitting at a table facing you. Do you have and... like a little resume to hand them, or do you just? Oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> like, I printed out my bio for New York City Ballet, <laughs> and I didn't even have a headshot. And they stuck it in a little folder that says New York City Ballet. Like, we have, like, folders that we put, like, photos in sometimes. And I was like, oh, that looks official. And they probably <laughs> didn't even need that because I knew who they were talking yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They had already looked at all my videos online that I've done for the company. And I think that's what happened is I've – so I've heard is that the choreographer had the idea of asking me and he was in a meeting. He w- they had just had callbacks for the other girls. And and then he showed all of the rest of the people in the room my videos and they go, bring her in. So then wow. that's when I got the text. So anyway, so you hand them the folders and then what? You put the bag oh, down. Oh, and then, yeah, and then I and then I stepped back and they're, they were all so nice and I'm like just smiling and uh, they were like, so would you like to read some lines? And I was like, sure. And the casting director read the lines of, um, there were two people in my scene, my singing teacher and um, Tony, um, who plays Gaby in the show. Um, he basically, she's in a singing lesson. The singing teacher steps out to go get more alcohol. That's part of the humor. And um, he comes in while she's like singing scales while she's on her head, like mm-hmm. in a head in a headstand, and uh, recognizes her from her picture in the subway because she's you know won some beauty contest and he's on a mission to find her. And and then the scene carries on where he's asking her out on a date, but he's really shy, and so it's this whole little scene. And so the casting director is this guy. He played the singing teacher, and Tony was there to play his part. And um, so I just read the lines. Is that the part that you'd kind of practiced? Yeah, that's the part they sent me, and I had practiced it with my acting coach just for like an hour or two. Um, And and you can hold, like my friend told me, you can hold the script in the audition. Like you want to hold it in the audition to show them you don't really have it totally memorized yet you're showing them this is just the first process of you attempting this role so you you should know the lines but you you glance down every once in a while like you don't know them (laughs) and and then that went well and it was fun like I was I had fun you know and even just then I had fun and then um they go that was great would you the director would you like to sing for us and I go sure (laughs) and they start playing the music and they sing my little song that leads that that scene leads right into the song. Um, and so... And that's so far out of your comfort zone, isn't it? I hadn't ever really tried to sing well in my entire life. Right. Like, we like all to the sing, radio, right? We all sing to the radio, and you don't really... You, tr- you just, like, belt. You're just, like... <laughs> like, even to the point where you might hurt your throat. You're, like, you don't know what you're doing. And especially, like, in the life that you lead, where, you know, you really pride yourself on perfecting something before you put it out there. Yeah. And I think that's what this process was, is that I initially took this audition as an exercise in being out of my comfort zone. And I had been at a point in my career where I was like wanting to be a part of more new works because I'm always a part of just the, the classics and the balancing ballets that are amazing, but it's something to wanting to be um, wanted by a choreographer now. Right. There's something, there's something about that. Um, and I don't, I don't, I'm not complaining about my career, but because I get to do the cream of the crop and a lot of people are like, you have nothing to be, you know, like, it's like everybody'd want to do the parts that I do get, but there's something to stretching yourself as an artist and getting to try different things that make those things that you always do even better. Right. And I think that, you know, from the outside in, you appreciate it more when you've stepped away from it a little too. Completely. And in that, and that ballet that you do like theme and variations that I've been doing for 10 years, all of a sudden feels like, you know, feels fresh. It feels, feels different and new. And, and maybe your body's seeing it a little bit in a different way that you needed to. That's true. Yeah. Just to grow as an artist, not technically, but to grow, to grow as an artist in a role. Yeah. So so then you sang, and what happened? Oh, so then I sang, and they were like, that was great. Oh, and I forgot to say, like, I mean, just even when I did my first line, I, I'm supposed to say, good morning, Madam Dilly, and the director just chuckled, like, immediately. I was like, oh, they 
they're having fun. Okay. Like <laughs> I, and then apparently during my song, he went over and told Tony, I want to offer her the part today. Really? Yeah. And, um, and he was like, great. And so then they were like, not going to have me dance, but they were like, oh, what the hell? So they were like, would you like to dance now? And I was like, sure. And I had not even done a bar or warmed up or anything that day. I was so worried about the other stuff. Right. And they're like, would you like to change into a leotard? And I was like, I didn't even bring one. So I was like, oh no, I, I bought the stretchy jeans. I was like in <laughs> stretchy high-waisted jeans and a like polka dot high, um, bare midriff top. Yeah. And I also thought if I changed into real clothes, real like ballet or dancing clothes that I might get a little more stiff. And I wanted, I know this is a more pedestrian role than ballet. So I was like, I'll just, you know, staying kind of character. Right. And, and it ended up being like kind of really hard dancing. Like I was doing a coupe jeté manège and fouettes. And I was like not ready for it. I was like sweating buckets because my body was just not prepared. And they were like, great. And I saw the choreographer mouth to the director, I like her too. Aww. And I was like, wow, this is going well. And I'm like, maybe they're just always this nice. And I, <laughs> I went out in the hallway and I waited for like three minutes. And then they brought me back in and the director was standing there in front of everybody and said, so we'd like to offer you the role. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, what does that mean, offer you the role? You know, That's true. You hadn't probably thought about the details at it, that point. I guess in at least in Broadway, like they're going to make an offer for a contract. And you can wow. accept or not accept it. And I was like, wouldn't you just say you got the part? You know, in ballet, you're already hired by the company. You got the part, you know, is what you hear. Or, you know, you're going to yeah. do the role. Not like we'd like to offer you the role. I was like, is that a callback? What does that mean? So I was kind of like shy about it. And then he goes, so will this be your Broadway debut? And I go, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, this is my Broadway audition debut. And... And then um, he's like, so we'll see you for rehearsals in August. And I was like, what? And I hadn't even really thought about what would I do if I got the part. That's true. But then, but then once I got it, I'm like, it's Broadway. And it's a it's a it's an opening of a new show, which is everything, you know? And it's a big part within a Broadway show. Exactly. And so I went to Peter the next day. Peter Martin's in New York City now, Did Ballet. he know you were going on the audition? Nope. Okay. And I was like, he's like, okay, this family's driving me crazy. I know. It's kind of what he said. He was like, yesterday, or I said, yesterday I auditioned for a Broadway show and I got the part. <laughs> he was like, what? And we were, he was like really excited, happy, but we were both shocked. Like, I think he was like, I can't even believe you auditioned. And I was like, I don't have an agent. I don't do this kind of thing. Like, I'm not seeking to find another job outside of your company. They came to me. I thought, why not try just for fun? And I mean, I got the role in the room. I just feel like I can't Jeez. pass yeah, this opportunity up. And he was like excited for me. And he was like, we'll see how long they want to sign a contract for. Maybe you can do it for like three or six months. And I came back to him the next day. I'm like, they want me for a year. And he was like, really? And he was like, but you don't even know if you like doing this. And I go, I don't even think that really matters. You know, like no, this, right. this came out of the blue. I wasn't even looking for it. It fell into my lap. And I, I cannot imagine turning this kind of opportunity down. It will never come by again. No, the, it's true. The perfect part where I don't even have to sing properly. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and you get to dance yeah. on Broadway. And um, he goes, well, and and he had me speaking frankly. He was like, what would you want to do if nothing else mattered? Like if you weren't talking to me. I said, I want to do it. I want to do it for a year. And he said, well, then I think you should do it. I can see you're really excited. I think you, that you need to follow your heart. There'll always be a job for here for you when you get back. But you need to also recognize that it might be slow at first because, you know, like like when someone goes out to have a baby or is injured, right. you know, other people replace their parts. And, and depending on what's happening when you get back, they might not be able to give you that part back right away. And I totally... I've always respected that. And, and I was like, that's fine. I just, you know, I feel like I don't feel like I'd be missing out on anything. I feel like I'm expanding my life as a dancer and, you know, so I don't, I don't see it in that kind of way at all. And I also do know that when I come back, there is a very big need for me in terms of the person that I always partner with is going to miss me and mm -hmm. need me, you know, like we're matched very well um, in terms of height. Right. And so he's kind of... Yeah, what's he going to do in your absence? Well, so then Peter was like, you need to go talk to Joaquin. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's which a is hard one. the guy I always dance with. Yeah. And, um, and I 
talked to him before a show and he was so excited for me. I was so relieved. He was like, Megan, you have to do this. This is a chance of a lifetime. And I really respect him artistically and technically and professionally. And he was, I was like, do you think this is a bad move career wise? And he goes, no, you have to do this. Like he said, if, if he was offered the, a part like that and he kind of dipped his toes in this a little bit, he did on your toes um, for encores at city center, which is just like three small shows of bringing back a Broadway show. And he had some speaking parts and he did a lot of dancing and he said he had the most fun. And he was like, if I got offered something like this to be a gone for a year, I wouldn't be able to come back because I'm too old, but you're young enough. You can do this and come back. And I was like, well, who are you going to dance with? And he goes, he was like, it's fine. We talked about some people he was comfortable being with in the meantime. And I was like, okay, you know, and, and then that night even, um, we were dancing Union Jack in, in separate roles and I was warming up and he, I, I just was doing a bar and from behind, I just felt the biggest hug and I turned around and it was him and he was just like so excited for me. I couldn't believe how excited he was for me. I think that he was proud that I went and auditioned and, yes, and like you said, it's so outside of your probably what people perceive oh my God, as what I, you would do. <laughs> I'm very kind of shy. Well, you said you're more mathematical, so you're more thoughtful in your actions, right? I really am. And this has been this whirlwind of what the heck the, the whole yeah, time. Like just total spontaneity. Who does well, that? And, and then the process <laughs> of getting put in the part, it's like every day I would go in for rehearsals and, uh, you know, like the first day I showed up, we were, okay, they're like, okay, we're going to like read through, do a, a read through, I guess you call it. I have all these new vocabulary words that I'm learning. <laughs> I've learned. And, um, so there's like all these chairs lined up and like producers in the front of the room and the director and the choreographer. And it was like oh Nigel gosh. Lithgow was a producer, the, the guy from, so you think you can dance like sitting up there. Oh, and, he was there too. Yeah. And I've never even like met any of these people except for Tony. And, so cool. and I'm like sitting in the middle in the front row next to Tony doing this read through. And, and I, you know, like pinching yourself. Right? I was, I was like trying not to pass out. I was drinking lots of water. <laughs> I was like, this is just amazing. And, um, and like, it was just amazing to be sitting next to them while they were being, doing what they do well, which is like Jeez. the acting and the, and it was like acting and singing this read through. And so I was singing in front of people for the first time oh and I had been busy on the gig for like a month and I hadn't been properly like singing in my hotel room. I didn't want to like scare the hotel. <laughs> so I was like, not sure what was going to come out of my voice when I tried and, and you know, it just kind of happened and it was good. And and I, I don't know, like, I was so incredibly intimidated by what was happening next to me. Like, I think I had Jay Armstrong Johnson to my right and Tony Yazbek to my left. And they're both, um, the, they're two of the three sailors. And, and just to hear them do their scenes and being so incredibly, you know, they're the real deal. It was yeah. just like, I can't believe that I'm sitting next to these people, you know, like, as one of them. I just... It was crazy. So and then, wild. so and, like, where did you go? That I mean, was it at the Broadway theater or what happened? Yeah, our, our, our rehearsals were at on the third floor of that theater, and okay. it was the Spider Man theater. Oh, wow. And it got completely renovated for us. And, um, so it's like you go in and commute for the first day and to 42nd it's like official, Street. You're to 42nd Street, literally. So wild. Like right in the middle of Times Square, like 42nd Jeez. and 7th Avenue. It's like right, it's like near neck across the street from Hard Rock Cafe. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and, you know, just ever since that first day of being like, oh my God, I, it's like literally like I had to plunge in head first. Like yeah, I had, I had my lines and I knew the song and I, you know, I had downloaded an old, you know, soundtrack or whatever cast recording from a really long time ago from another revival or, or whatever. I don't know what I found on iTunes. It was like, I just Googled <laughs> on the town on iTunes. That's how I was practicing my song. And, wow. and I had just been like trying to memorize my lines on my own. And, and then it was like, I showed up that first day and it was like, I was meeting new people every day, trying yeah. new steps, wearing different shoes to dance in. Like everything I I just had to dive in head first. It was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. There wasn't even time to be self-conscious. Like, did they tell you what your daily schedule? Did you like pack a lunch or do you plan on being there for 12 hours um, or do you have any idea? From 10 to six every day. Okay. And there was no ballet class. Wow. So you had to warm up somehow on your own. I would show up at 9.15 and do my own ballet bar for a month. 
Were you the only one doing warm-up? I mean, what did the rest do they do? Because they have a lot of dancing. One other girl that did a ballet bar, but everybody else kind of had their own warm-up. There was lots of yoga going on. There's lots of, like, you know, exercises, lots of lunges. And what I've, I learned was I needed to work a little bit more turned in because that whole first couple of weeks, I was in so much pain in my quads because I was having to do a lot of things where I would basically, like, squat in parallel and then get tossed up in the air and do like a toe touch and then land squat back down with another guy and tossed up in the air and land with another guy and and like I'm like flying over their heads backwards to a new boy just doing toe touches over their heads and like it was like really like intense in my quads and then I would go to the next rehearsal and put on heels and have to like run and jump onto Tony and like my quads were literally like I was barely moving the first like two weeks and I was like I just I just kind of trusted that I didn't quite have the muscle yet but that it would get there because as a ballet dancer you don't use your quads you you try so hard not to use your quads and so I kind of just embraced it like well these are muscles I need to do this show and so um I I just kind of you know, let them slowly get over the pain every day. You know, like there were certain days where I was like, I don't even know if I can go in. Like the second day, I was like, I don't even know if I can go in. Like my quads hurt so bad, specifically my left quad for some reason. And so I was going to physical therapy on the side and they were taking care of me. My physical therapist that I usually have at New York City Ballet, I would go to their clinic. And um, so... I was getting well taken care of and they were just, they were like, it's okay. You're going to be okay. And so it kind of gave me the go ahead to move forward every next day. But I would literally walk in and like, they didn't, no one knew that I had like a huge, like, um, like icy hot patch on my quad and it was wrapped in an ace bandage. (laughs) And then I had my clothes on, like I was like taped up on my leg. I was barely moving. And that's how I learned the pot of was that second day we learned the pot of and my heels. And I had to like do all this stuff with Tony and, and fly through the air and jump into his arms. And I was like, I'm barely walking down the street. But, and I, I quickly had this realization that on Broadway, there's not a company of 90 dancers behind you in case you go out. It's just you. Wow. You Do know, you have an understudy? I have two understudies um, that are in the ensemble. So if I'm okay. out, they have to replace them in the rest of the piece too. So, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm slated to do eight shows a week. For a year. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah. So going back to like the um, audition process, you had mentioned that there were callbacks, and that also some of the dancers from your company had auditioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder what happened like to all the callbacks. Were they just like, "Up, oh, sorry, <laughs> you don't get to call back again"? You well, know? you know, they're like kind of on on notice to be heard from to to you know, and um, they called them back after like a week and said that uh, the part has been filled kind of thing. Right, okay. So then you started rehearsals in August, and you and when was the official opening day? Or we started rehearsals go? mid-August, and opening night for previews was mid-September. And then opening night for real Broadway, like this is the real deal, we're going to get reviewed, was mid-October. So it was literally like a month before I was performing on stage on Broadway. And then another, and then two months, you know, in total from the time of learning the first step. So is there a chance when they do the pre-production in mid-September, is there a chance that it fails and flops and goes away? No, no. Okay. No, no, no. It's just to get its bearings on stage and get the kinks worked out. And so when we're in previews, we're also in rehearsals during the day. So we were doing eight shows a week during previews, but on the days that we didn't have matinees, we would meet at 12 and have rehearsal for five hours, and we would meet together all in the orchestra, and the director would go through his notes from the night night's performance the night before, from the performance the night before. Who sees the previews? It's any Broadway audience. It's it's literally like it's on sale like a regular Broadway show, but it's cheaper, and it's with, with the idea that this isn't the final product yet. And then um, now once you get to the end of previews, the show is frozen. That's what they call it. And what's that mean? Um, they are not going to change it anymore. But like literally each preview, we were, had a different thing going on. Like they would cut some lines here. They'd cut some lines there. They'd change some dancing steps here. It was always like you would write it down so that you would remember it. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, so they would, we would talk about it. And then the choreographer would be up there and he would talk about it. 
John Randos, the director, and Josh Burgos is the choreographer, and he actually um, is Sarah Mertz's boyfriend. So that's how I knew him. Right, I think I saw that somewhere in the social media yeah, world. Yeah, so I knew him personally and before I even did this. And then he's also won an Emmy because he choreographed, um, he did the choreography for Smash. So, uh, but this is his Broadway debut as well. So we kind of were in this together in terms of, you know, being thrown into this amazing world. Yeah. yeah. And he'd already been in the Broadway world, but like a Broadway debut as a choreographer in a new show, you know, it's a big deal. So anyways, wow. then he would give his notes and then, and they each have assistants who have written down what they are, what they're watching the night before. Oh, we got to change this. We got to change that. And so we talk about it and then they make a little quick schedule with the stage managers of what order we're going to rehearse things in. And then you're just kind of on call all day long in the theater and you have to be nearby if your scene is coming up next and they're going to rework it. And you don't know if you're going to dance or if you're going to have to sing or act. <laughs> so that was kind of a hard time for my body. And I would just like every, every extra minute I had, I would go back to my room, finally do my ballet bar if I hadn't gotten it in already. Because, you know, I was getting home at midnight the night before so I was coming in the last minute and trying to take care of my body throughout the day of rehearsal because sometimes I'd be hanging out in my dressing room for two hours. So I'd do a yoga class or I'd stretch or I'd do exercises or like I had stayed very focused. Yeah, that, that takes such self-discipline to keep it up. Yeah, but it's already been there as a ballet dancer. That's true. So it was okay. So when you get to the real official show in October – were you guys really nervous about the reviews or what? No, I mean, we'd already done 30 performances and you'd, we'd all found our way in the show. Even me, who was like the last person to the game. I and mean, They'd all performed this at um, in Pittsfield, Massachusetts at Barrington Stage Productions, I think it's called. It, as like a summer gig a year before. So all the other leads and a lot of the ensemble had already been in the show and been a part of this. And I like literally was the one that hadn't known anything for a while and, you know, had just barely learned it. So we all finally, you know, got to a comfortable place with everything. And if you weren't in a comfortable place, you could talk to the choreographer or the director and find a way to make it feel like yours. And, and then by the time, so the, by the time we got to opening night, I wasn't even that nervous. Like the first night of the previews was I was shaking. I was very like really trying hard to control my, but it wasn't any different from like a ballet debut. And when you do a, a ballet, um, usually I get like two times in the role for that season. And this was like, you know, this is unlimited and I have That's 30 true. tries before even opening night. So it was like there, it wasn't anything that I wasn't used to. Is the audience more intimate? Doesn't it feel like it's closer than what you're used to? Well, ours is a really big theater. It's 1,900 seats, and it's which is very similar to the David H. Cook Theater, which is 2,500. So it's a little bit similar. Um, I was happy that it would be like that. And the orchestra is really big for Broadway. It's 28-piece orchestra. So it's like a real old classic Broadway show. Which show had been in it? Did you say Spider-Man had been there before? Yeah, Spider-Man had been there. And um, so the audience isn't right close up to us, like in okay. some, some little theaters. Do you find it's like every night or every show such a different audience? Like some laugh really hard at some parts and some... Oh, yeah. You never know. And it was it's weird because it's just something to get used to. But on Broadway, like every night, it's like, oh, like especially during previews where we're, it's basically like you're testing out your laughs. <laughs> and if they don't laugh at something, the director's probably going to try to yeah. change it the next day. So it was kind of like you would want that they everybody was trying to get their jokes to work, you know, <laughs> in the ballet, in the ballet world, you're like, Oh, I hit my turns or, Oh, they really clapped at the end of my variation. That, that's kind of how you're reading the audience. This was like, Oh, did I get a laugh? It was that, that was like a new thing to get used to is like, that's what you're searching for is the laugh. And I, you know, my scene with my singing teacher, like it's very comedic. And so, um, sometimes they'd laugh and sometimes they wouldn't laugh so much. And, um, but each audience is a little different. So it's frustrating when the director does kind of change it. Cause you're like, well, I think I was just that audience, you That's know, true, yeah. but he changed a bunch of things right. and changed lines. Like I had new cuts in my script every day for what I would, you know, be having to memorize. And I was like really worried I was going to slip into what I said the night before. And, and, um, Oh, yeah. And yeah, so they, they slowly whittled it down until it was like, just like they wanted it and got the, and you know, so that the audience got it. 
So that's what, what previews are for. But um, yeah, that was something to get used to. It was like you're searching for the laugh. So are there any days that you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this? Or is it not, is it, I mean, because it's a lot of, of performances. I mean, with ballet, I have had that because you go in and you push so hard in such a serious way. This is like going in and I walk into the theater and you see the first person and they say hello in a funny voice and everybody's very theatrical. It's like, it's like so funny. Like we're laughing all the time. There's this one character actor in the show, Stephen DeRosa, and he does like five different roles in the show and he has so many different costumes and he's, we just always giggle and we're like working on like yesterday before, um, something that he had to go do on stage. He was like, okay, wait, what's the difference between a jeté and a sauté? Like he's like slowly learning ballet steps. It's so cute. And we're like laughing. So like, and there's always something funny that comes up. I'm like, we giggle so much. It's like, it's so refreshing and fun. I don't, I don't. Yeah, so lighthearted, it seems like. It's so lighthearted. As soon as it starts to get serious, there's like a funny joke that happens or someone does something funny in rehearsal. Um, But it's also like, you know, while they're professional and take what they're doing very seriously, it's it's got, you know, the ultimate goal is to entertain people. And if you're not having fun doing that, you're not going to entertain them or be funny. Whereas That's in ballet, true. there's this pressure of holding up to a legacy and, and what this could potentially be in a perfect world. It's all kind of theoretical. and But there's always in ballet that standard of, what could theoretically be the perfect, you know, line or the perfect way to do a step. And, and while we are entertaining people, there's a, a, a serious standard of like, you point your feet every time your feet leave the ground. Like there's just not that much intensity in, in Broadway. It's like, just go put on a show. I don't know. I I would think that these people are so appreciative because they have a year's contract because they don't know what's going to happen after that. Well, that was the thing I immediately noticed in rehearsal. I was like, wow, the ensemble is so individually motivated. If, If a step that we were all doing together didn't work out quite well, they'd raise their hand and say, you know, I think it's better if we count it like this. Or, um, is it possible that this step is like this? Like they were, they were in charge of how it was going as well. They weren't just getting it spoon fed to them. They were very active and very adult in the way they were. And, you know, they are more adult because the people at New York city ballet that are coming in are 17 and 18 and it's the first thing they've ever been doing. And so, and then once you get into a company and you get past that apprentice stage, you have this loyalty feeling like you got a job forever. And, and so it kind of, um, in Broadway, it keeps this hungry aspect that they're happy to have this job. They want to have a good reputation so they can get their next job. And everybody is such a, a pro in that amazing kind of way. It was, and they're, you know, they are older. So, but, but I was very inspired by it. Nobody was like waiting for something to be served, served to them on a silver platter. They were, they were going to go get it themselves. And I think that you have to, it was so neat. I loved being around. Everybody was like that. And, um, I loved being around people like that were, were appreciative for their work. They were, you could tell they were coming into work. So happy to have a job and a paycheck. Yeah. Cause a few months ago they could have been like hardly scraping by Well, before we got our first paycheck. A couple of them were like, oh, it's about down to my last couple pennies. And someone even said, like, I paid for my subway car with literal change. Like, they really do scrape by sometimes. And um, it's it's very lucky to be in a ballet company where you make a consistent paycheck from the time that you're 17 or 18. And and you have a, a lot more job security. It's really quite wonderful. And it is interesting to watch Broadway shows because because you can see that that love. They're just like so... You can just see that exuberance. It adds this extra in- excitement, and you have to love you. You have to love it to do what they do. I mean, so now we're performing every night, and half of them in the ensemble are going and doing workshops for other Broadway shows during the day. So, what does that mean? They are, you know, like I said, a dance lab okay. or a workshop. Like those are the pre-production kinds of um, rehearsals to keep their feet in the pool. Of- wow. You're right. You never settle or rest on your laurels, huh? They they can't really because it is such a fickle world. And so they have to ha- always have a, another job lined up. So is there a chance that the end of the year, the Broadway world will say, 
it's been a great show, keep on? Or what's the big picture goal typically? Well, they're going to go as long as they can. And I signed a year contract and the ensemble signs a six month contract. And and I think all the other leads are year long contracts, but you know, we have to sell tickets and I think it's all just up to that. And if at any point it's just not working out, then the show would be over. That's just how quickly it happens. But because we got such great reviews, it and for Broadway reviews really do matter. Um, you know, they come and review right before opening night. Everybody does comes in like two days. And those are the reviews for the rest of the run of the show. They don't it doesn't ever get reviewed again. Oh my god. And and if the review from the New York wow. Times is bad, then the show will probably close it could close sooner rather than later. And so the fact that we got great, you know, like I've been told that it's like 50% of the ticket sales is the reviews. So, um, and it got such great reviews. Like our producer was like, I, we can literally call it a hit. Well, I think that from me as an audience person, having been there over the summer and trying to find shows to watch, it feels that Broadway started to get too, I don't want to sound director, but too Disney, like we're too modern, you know, even even though Spider-Man was a great show. Oh, yeah, you know, exactly. What's nice about this show is it kind of brings you back to what Broadway what you feel like Broadway's is, you know? And so, like, even though Newsies is Disney, the the concept felt more Broadway. That's exactly what they've been saying. And so when I was trying to, my I took my 12-year-old son for his first experience over the summer, and I was trying to find something that was authentic Broadway but not too serious, you know? So we did go see Newsies, but I was I didn't choose some of the other options only because I thought, well, I wanted to feel like Broadway, you know? right. Yeah, no, and this is a classic Broadway show. It's, so it's, yeah, it's really, it is something that that was needed. So have there been any, like, mid-show crazy mess-ups that maybe the audience wouldn't know, but you're like, oh, my gosh. That yes. Was- <laughs> during during previews, um, they were like, during the rehearsals, they were like, we want Jackie to overlap her dialogue with the beginning of your song. And I go, okay, you know. And... <laughs> It ended up happening that her dialogue ran over the vamps for before I'm supposed to start singing. So I did not know when to start singing. Oh, gosh. And I waited, hoping that they would, the orchestra would play one more vamp. And they didn't. They started with the song. And so then I was like, we're just standing there in silence. And then on the next phrase, I started from the beginning of the song where all the orchestra was in the second phrase. Second phrase and like I, we couldn't, and Jackie and I weren't singing the same in the same place and the conductor started singing the words he wanted me to sing. And so after like a couple of phrases, I finally just started singing whatever he was singing. It was so scary. <laughs> oh my God. It was horrible. And do you feel that your, your voice has consistently started to get better along the way? Do you start feeling like you're kind of learning? It has. How to I sing? had a couple bumps in the road where I got in my head about it because there's this one moment that I have to be upside down while I sing like my hardest note. Oh goodness. And because she's, you know, putting me in all these funky positions. So sometimes I'd be like, oh, gosh, that is not what I wanted to come out, you know, or not what I expected to come out. And so it was a little bit of a struggle some nights. But I think like I got I would talk to friends in the ensemble and, and they would give me advice, singing advice. You know, it was like right before I would start to sing in some of the shows, I would be like, should I swallow? Am I supposed to swallow and then sing and take a breath? <laughs> like I would be like weird in That's my throat. True, you're right. I, I got like panicked about it and then I realized you don't even have to like clear your throat or anything you you know when you go to talk you just start talking you take a little breath and you start talking so it was like I had to um find a a natural way with it but it eventually came (laughs) so what do you think like why do you think they reached out for you in the first place I don't know I really don't know I don't actually have any idea what made them think of me um, because the thing, the one thing that I think that a lot of people are like, oh, you'd be perfect for that. It, they've seen me do this ballet called Double Feature, which Susan Stroman choreographed on us. Um, she's a Broadway choreographer and she choreographed it on New York City Ballet when I was like 19. And I have this comedic role where I don't even dance really. I'm just like, um, it's just, it's just all comedy. And like, I really, it was like one of the better reviews I've ever gotten. And it, it, it went really well. And so... Um, I know that for the people that knew me in that, they were like, oh, well, that makes sense. But but I don't think that they had seen this. So it was kind of, you know, but I think automatically the director 
saw what he wanted. Like, I'm telling you from the first words that I said, I just said, good morning, Madam Dilly, you know, in a more in a more acting way than I just did. And and he just chuckled like I was like, oh, good, I got him. <laughs> well, you have, you know, I, I could see that, you know, because you have kind of like the sweet, but yet something about I could see how you could pull off a comedic thing too you know? well you know what I don't take myself very seriously <laughs> so <laughs> I I think that and I think as you're little too there's something that adds value to not having a huge presence kind of like oh wow well, I, <laughs> I love comedy like if I'm gonna watch a tv show I just watch like like a sitcom I can't watch anything too serious like I just like light-hearted things and I like to joke around well, look who you married I know it's true <laughs> so so, you know, this, this fits me really well. Um, but I don't, I don't know how much they knew that about me. It's just, you know, I guess when you're auditioning people for a Broadway show, you just keep trying and trying and trying. Well, how fun. I just, you know, I just, it's so great that you're, that you have that opportunity. It's just, it's amazing. So like, if you were to say, like, let's say there was a high school girl that was heavily into ballet, wanted me to be have a chance at Broadway. Do you have any thoughts or advice on what a person could or should do? Well, number one, they hired me because I was a good dancer. Right. Number one, because I was a principal with the New York City Ballet. That's great for their show. I know that's why I got this job, you know. But um, and I I can't even say oh do this and do that to prepare because I didn't. But but what I did was recognize the moment when it came by an opportunity to stretch myself in a new way, and and I'm. So I keep being grateful, looking back, thinking, I'm so glad I recognized that moment to go do the audition because I almost blew it off and and stayed in my little box of safety. And instead, I was like, I'm just going to go for it. You know, and it's for me, it's taken me, you know, 13 years in New York City Ballet to get to a place where I would feel like I could go make a fool of myself and not go home and cry about it, you know, like to 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 be in that place of um, being uncomfortable, but why not? What the heck? Just try. Who knows? And um, I, I think that that's the advice I would give is to just not be afraid to try something new if someone gives you an opportunity for sure. And if it's something you're interested in, you know, don't box yourself in. You never know how much, you never know what could happen. You never know how much you could do. You never know how much people would want to see from you. It's just and what new doors might open from it? You never know. It's just, it's just crazy. I mean, can you imagine your your regret had you not gone for this? Well, I wouldn't have ever known, and I would have even been sad about That's it. That's true. That's true. It's like kind of like not going to yeah. a party you wouldn't know yeah, what you missed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would have had no idea That's what true. this could have been. I could never have imagined that I would be like signing a contract that would say, and if you win a Tony, you get this much additional money. Like I'm like, I could get a Tony. Are you like really? What is this? This is so crazy. You know, wow, that's so it's cool. just like it's just such a wild ride I'm on. And I I'm so grateful for it. But I can't even say that I'd regret it if I didn't do it because I loved my job before. And if that was all I ever did was be a principal in New York City Ballet, that's plenty to me. So so this is just icing on the cake. Yeah, and I think that's, that's why it's been so fun the whole time is because I haven't put pressure on myself. I'm like, I have I went into that audition going. I have a job. This is just for fun. There was like no pressure. I mean, I was nervous to just try something new in front of strangers, but I, there was no pressure on you really need this, you know. And but you know what? If you had not paved the way with New York City Ballet and been you know the the type of person that you were, then Peter Martins might not have been as willing. You know, it's true. I I have a wonderful relationship with my boss. But you've. But you, it's because you've got a high work ethic. You can't have that wonderful relationship if you had not. Yeah. If you had been too stuck up or rude or whatever. It's true. He trusts, that, he trusts that I um, will keep myself in the proper ballet shape that I need to be in to come back and do hard ballets that he needs me to do. And, and he also, you know, and it's, but it's also, right, it's, good it's also for good for the company. They're also getting something out of me being there. My whole bio on Broadway reads all of the ballets that I've done with New York City Ballet. It's like a big ad for New York City Ballet. And true, you know, like if somebody loves yeah. that show, I could see them saying, well, I want to go see New York City Ballet now. You know, I could see tickets might be sold to new 
people that might not have seen. Yeah, it and otherwise. I go to the stage door afterwards, and there's a, inevitably someone that's like, "Yay! I loved watching you at this in the New York City Ballet." Like they're fans, and they're there, so it's pretty cool that we're combining the worlds. You know, I think that people are excited about that. Every time I go sign autographs at the stage door, um, they're someone is talking about how excited they are to see this much dance on Broadway and real dance, you know, real professional dancing. Well, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time. I can't wait to uh, air this one because I think it's just so fun. It's a whole different side of the world of dance. You're welcome. Yeah. So maybe from this, we can, uh, I can add some more Broadway people in (laughs) now that you have the in. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I would, I would be happy to find you people. Well, Take care, and um, when do you have to head out today? Pretty soon? Yeah, real soon. <laughs> okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> well, I'll be in touch, and thank you so much. Take oh, care and say hi to Andy, too. I will. Good to hear from you. Okay, all right, bye. bye. And thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's show. I hope you liked it as much as I did. And if you haven't taken the time to find me on social media, I'm in Twitter or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And definitely follow me on Twitter as I provide up-to-date information on all things dance and some of the upcoming projects of my previous guests. And then on Facebook, you'll hear more about some of my guests as well as I keep in touch with most of them on a regular basis. So I'll give you anything that they're doing that may not be um, quite in the news yet or give you some new photos of them. And of course, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach me directly through email. And I will answer all of your questions or comments. And my email address is balancingpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, at gmail.com. And I do love hearing from you, and I do my very best to honor any of your requests. So let me know who you want to hear from or what subject matter within dance you really want to hear about. And that will help me fine-tune my questions to my guests so that I'm actually helping you hear the information you want to hear or get the specific questions that you want answered from the experts provided for you. And finally, be sure to continue to tune in. I have such an amazing lineup of guests coming up. They're from all over the world and from differing areas of dance as well. So be sure to tune in and until then, have a great day.